Welcome to the Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast, brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Trucking Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Trucking, Avery Weiss. As Avery presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading the PDF or PowerPoint of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF and PowerPoint is available now at www.ftrintel.com podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads for the Trucking Market Update, as well as the weekly rail market update with Todd Tronowski and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com podcast. Welcome to FTR's weekly Trucking Market Update. I'm Avery Weiss, Vice President of Trucking. This is episode 64 for the week of May 18th, 2020. Before we start, a reminder that you can download a PDF with graphics related to this discussion at www.ftrintel.com podcast. You can also download a PowerPoint presentation that includes images of those same charts you can use in your own presentations. Now, unlike last week, when we talked about the new hours of service rule, we don't have any big headline news to discuss, so let's just jump right into the spot market for the week ended May 15th, which is week 19. As more states loosen restrictions on commerce, total truck spot market volumes jumped nearly 27%, which is the largest increase since the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis. Load availability has been higher week over week for four weeks, but the only other week during this period with a double-digit increase was week 17. So far, we're seeing an uneven recovery where where freight volumes recover in sort of a series of plateaus. This pattern is even more obvious when you look at the data on a weekday basis, as we do in the COVID-19 Truck Freight Recovery Index. By the way, you can find the latest index for all truck freight and the principal segments, drive-in, refrigerated, and flatbed, at www.ftrintel.com coronavirus. Total truck spot volumes in week 19 were about 75% of the five-year average for that week, and about 82% of the volume in the same week last year. All three segments saw strong week-over-week growth in load availability. Flatbed posted the strongest growth at nearly 35% above the prior week. Since bottoming out four weeks earlier, weekly flatbed load availability has more than doubled, but it still is below the five-year average by 30% for this week and is more than 20% below the same week last year. Growth over week 18 was strongest in the Southeast at 46%, but even the weakest growth region, which was the Midwest, was up nearly 23%. Dry van load postings rose nearly 24% in week 19. Since bottoming out in week 16, dry van loads are up 73% and stand at about 75% of the average volume for the same week over the past five years. Load volumes on the West Coast surged by nearly 54%, and the only region where growth was less than 10% was in the Southeast. 
The refrigerated segment's recovery has been so strong that its week 19 spot volume slightly exceeded the five-year average for the week. Refrigerated postings increased more than 14% in week 19. Not as strong as some other sectors, but well above the 1.8% increase recorded in week 18. Since bottoming out four weeks earlier, refrigerated volumes have surged 114%, with most of that recovery coming in weeks 16 and 17. The strongest growth was 41% in the mountain uh, central region, followed by the south central and the midwest. The southeast, which is the second largest region in volume, was actually a drag on refrigerated loads with a 11% drop week over week. Rates also were generally stronger. The total broker posted rate per mile, excluding fuel surcharges, was up about $0.02 cents after an increase of $0.11 cents over the prior two weeks. Rates are about 20% below the five-year average for week 19 and about 15% below a year ago. Drive-in rates increased the most of the three segments, rising nearly $0.05, cents, and, and they are now about $0.20 cents below the five-year average and about 7% below last year. Flatbed rates, which were up $0.03 cents in week 19, are about 24% below the five-year average for the week and about 20% below the average for the same week in 2019. Refrigerated rates actually declined for the week, but only by less than a cent. However, refrigerated rates are only 10% below the five-year average for week 19 and are nearly 3% higher than they were in the same week last year. Okay, moving on to petroleum and fuel. Crude prices have continued to rise after that bizarre negative price on April 20th. Last week, we talked about how West Texas Intermediate had been closing closer to $30 a barrel than to $20. Now, crude is trading well above $30 a barrel. And it's still a low price historically, but compared to where it was, it's a veritable surge. This probably also means that the streak of falling diesel prices will end soon. In fact, the streak came close to ending during the week ending, ended May 18th, but it didn't quite end. The national average price for the week was $2.38.6 a gallon, which is the lowest price since September of 2016, but it's less than a penny below the prior week's price. And the week before that, diesel was down only half a cent. It's been quite a run though. Over the past 19 weeks, diesel prices have fallen 69 cents a gallon or nearly 23%. Okay, let's talk about unemployment. On Thursday, the Labor Department reported that 2.4 million Americans had filed initial claims for unemployment insurance benefits on a seasonally adjusted basis for the week ended May 16th. Although initial claims are now at their lowest level during the nine weeks we have seen elevated claims, they were down only by 249,000 from the prior week. Over the past nine weeks, the seasonally adjusted number of initial claims is 38.6 million. Seasonal adjustments, by the way, inflate the number of actual claims during this period by about 3.3 million. 
Approximately 25 million Americans, 17.2% of all people covered by unemployment insurance, have been receiving unemployment benefits for at least a week on a season, seasonally adjusted basis. The unadjusted figure is 22.9 million, which is 15.7% of all covered workers. Okay, moving on. So a couple of months ago, I stopped talking about economic indicators for a while because we were getting data on February, which suddenly had become irrelevant. Now we're getting lots of data on April, which will, we hope, be the worst month during this crisis. Now, obviously, I'm not going to ignore this data, but I also don't really have the enthusiasm to cover each indicator in detail. So I'll sort of recap them all as a group although I will talk a little bit more about retail sales. If you want to see more, including the actual month-over-month and year-over-year percentage declines, you can download this slide deck that accompanies the podcast. Now, since the last podcast, the Federal Reserve and Census Bureau have reported the largest ever declines in industrial production, manufacturing, retail and food service sales, and housing starts. We also saw a big drop in permits authorized for new residential construction, but that was only the third worst decline ever. We also got March data on inventories, and March saw the second largest increase ever in the inventories to sales ratio for total business, lagging only November 2008. I don't think I'm going too far out on a limb in predicting that the increase in April will be the largest ever. It actually could be the highest ratio ever, although that would be quite an enormous rise required in order to get to that uh, peak. However, the peak of the Great Recession is quite feasible, unfortunately. Retail sales uh, were interesting because the category that led growth in March by far, and that was food and beverage stores, was actually down in April. Non-store retail was the only principal category of retail that was up in April over March. If we treat March and April as sort of a one-two punch, we see that non-stored retail is up nearly 14% from February to April, while food and beverage store sales were up about 10%, all of course on the strength of the March performance. Now this is hardly surprising given the whiplash effect we had been discussing in this podcast regarding spot market metrics for dry-van and refrigerated freight in March and April. By the way, the year-over-year increase in non-store retail was 21.6% in April, and that's the largest increase ever for non-store retail by quite a margin. It's surely one big reason why parcel and local delivery added 1,800 jobs in April while for higher trucking shed 88,300 jobs, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago. The record declines for industrial production, manufacturing, retail sales, and housing starts are especially remarkable because all of them followed very sharp March declines. For example, the largest drop in retail and food service sales before April 20th was March 20, I'm sorry, April 2020 was March 2020. The drop for housing starts in March was the 10th largest ever. The March declines for industrial production and manufacturing 
which at the time were the largest since 1946, do not rank as high as the March decreases for retail sales and housing starts. But then those two data series go all the way back to 1919, a decade before the Great Depression. If there's any good news in all of this, it's surely that the worst is over. Most economic indicators should look at least marginally better in May as states continue their staggered emergence from lockdown. One big exception is payroll employment, which likely will be even lower in May because unemployment claims continue in large numbers and because the data will capture job employment changes only through the middle of May. In fact, unless we start seeing a faster decline in first-time claims for unemployment and especially continued claims for unemployment, the June jobs report released in early July also could show further job losses. And that's not something we would have envisioned even just a couple of weeks ago. Finally, I want to touch on the quarterly services survey from the Census Bureau. The advance report on not seasonally adjusted revenues for the first quarter just came out. The survey covers selected service sectors, including for higher trucking and couriers and messengers, which is essentially parcel and local delivery. Trucking revenues were down 1.8% year over year for the fourth straight year of fourth straight quarter of year-over-year declines. On the other hand, parcel and local delivery revenues jumped 9.1% year-over-year in Q1. That's the largest quarterly year-over-year increase in revenues since just a slightly higher figure in the fourth quarter of 2014. And in fact, this sector has not posted a year-over-year drop in revenues since 2010. Okay, so that's it for the week. Let's recap. Spot market load volumes recovered more strongly. Crude prices have recovered to above $30 a barrel. Diesel prices appear to be nearing the bottom. New unemployment claims remain above 2 million. April saw record declines in industrial production, manufacturing, retail sales, and housing starts. Trucking revenues were down 1.8% year-over-year in Q1, and parcel and local delivery revenues were up 9.1% in Q1. So that's it for FDR's Trucking Market Update, episode 64 for the week of May 18th, 2020. As always, you can download PDF and PowerPoint files accompanying this discussion at www.fdrintel.com podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and we hope you will join us next week. That's it for this week's Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF and PowerPoint of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business. Music